Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Good morning to all of you. Go ahead, the honest man in the programs, all of you. Appreciate you for being here. And as always, we've got a whole bunch of good stuff that we're going to cover here around the world. I had to move. That light was so bright on the whiteboard. I had to move. Can you have my phone, sir? I sure appreciate you. Today, it's hey, it looks like they say it's another ad spot I must have missed, if you can let me know. All right, let's have us a good round of applause and stuff for absolutely no reason. Yeah, Come on, show me some love. Show me some love. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. I appreciate it. Now, let us enter in the realm of prosperity. We all wanna we all wanna feel like Jerome and Law look, right? That's what we wanna do. Yes, yes. You know, you're a bad then you in Brooklyn with an umbrella. Yes, you know, that ain't too easy to pull off. You understand. First things first, in exactly 59 minutes, my $2 billion friend will be teaching real estate. Who's excited about that? Yes. Yes. 
it will be an opportunity for you to ask questions, for you to listen. My advice to you is to take notes. But let, let, let me say what I really want to say. When I first started doing real estate, it was 2008. I didn't buy my first property until 2009. It's not that it took me a year. It's more so I was taking as many notes as possible. Here's the good thing about real estate. If you take notes, those notes will last forever. The laws will change, but those notes will last forever, okay? The only thing that changes about real estate is two things. Rents continue to go up and laws continue to change. That's the only two things that change. Anything else is whatever. Values go up yeah. too. Oh, well, no doubt. No doubt. Values definitely go up. They, they, and the truth is they never go down. Even when they go down, they're not down. Okay. They're not down. That's part of the econ economy stuff. But if you're buying and holding and you got a lot to hold, you're doing a very good job. Let me just tell you. If you don't believe that, well, then ask Phil how much it costed him to rent an apartment when he was 20. And then ask them how much that sale apartment costs today. <laughs> Rents do not go down. They always go up. My very strong advice to you, ladies and gentlemen, is take as many good notes as possible. If you have someone, if you have someone that you love, invite them. You're more than welcome. If you can't make it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to all of you the middle-class folk with all that damn pride. If you can't make it, show up anyway and then leave and then ask for the replay. See what I just did? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you see what I just did? Like, do, do something to have yourself available for the blessings. It's not too many times that someone uh, is... $2 billion is going to lend his or her time to give you real estate knowledge. As of course, as is the custom with ATS, he's going to give away everything. You ain't got to worry about that. Nobody comes in here without that custom. Okay. He's going to give away everything. Now, are there any questions for me before I move on to the next thing concerning this? Any questions? No questions. Are y'all excited? Did we make a good decision? <clears throat> we did make a good decision? Outstanding. All right. Steve say, if I got a screen record, Antonio, I'm getting that information. Okay. Listen, real estate works across the world. Across the world, it is 90% it is of my wealth is now in real estate. I was on the phone yesterday with Grace Holden, actually. Yeah, I was on the phone with yesterday with someone. She's... If she's not a millionaire, she's right under it. She's something like that, okay? And she has nothing in real estate and was asking me about real estate and stuff like that. Fantastic lady. And she calls it dirt. She said, I need to give you some dirt. And she was asking me about the real estate because she knows that I do this in my sleep. I want to tell you all something. <clears throat> we all know that 90 excuse me, 1% of the world controls 90% of the world's income. So this is what I want to show you. I'm going to show you my whiteboard real quick. If you're on the phone, no worries. I'm going to 
explain this audibly as well. So I drew a circle. It's not 360 degrees, but it's circle-like. Circle so we're going to make it work. And in this circle, we know if I split it in half, that is pretty much 90, I mean 50%. So what I'm going to do is I want to do a little sliver here and then come up like that. Basically, and all this is shaded. We're just going to make that shaded, okay, y'all? This is shaded. Actually, I should have done that opposite way. Actually, use my brain for a second. My Aunt Lucy would say, use your brain for more than a hat rack. I should probably just shade the 10%, shouldn't I? I mean, the 1%, okay? So here I have an inflated 1% shaded in. And this 1% controls this whole pie. Everybody got that? Easy. Now, have you ever seen a map of America or someplace and the city or I mean the state is so small, they put the little line here and it points to that and they write, you know, Connecticut or something, you know, right there, something like that? Okay. Inside this 1%, so this is 1%, inside this 1%, there is a 90% and 90% of this 1% have real estate. Simple as that. Simple as that. 1% of the world controls 90% of the world's income, but there's a whole 90% in that 1% their wealth is in real estate. Unpopular fact, and I want all of you to write this down. Businesses will never make you rich. Most of y'all keep trying to get rich from business because you think business got you rich or business got them rich. That is not the way it works. Unpopular fact again. If you want to be rich, don't get a job. I'm going to explain both. Businesses will never make you rich. They are vehicles. And what you're supposed to do, um, a vehicle is an entity of some sorts, depends, and it's just the container that pushes out money. A vehicle is just a container that pushes out money. You don't want to push out money. You, you don't want to earn money. You want a vehicle that says, Steve, I'm so glad you're back. Here's some money. I'm going to make... Okay. What I'm doing right now is I'm having a top 1% talk. And I'm, I'm attempting to take it to where everyone can understand. But if you have a question, feel free to interrupt. Well, you won't be interrupted. Feel free to chime in and ask your question because they do not teach you this in school. They do not teach you this in school. Let's try to... I didn't say unpopular opinion, I said unpopular fact. Businesses do not make you rich. 
I've never told you that. That's not what I said. And tell me, that's a lie. Elon Musk has the number one car company in the world. He's like top three billionaires. Yeah, because he has stock. Rewind, press play. <clears throat> it is not Tesla that made Elon Musk that billionaire. It is how many shares he has in Tesla. Go ahead, Diana. So what's the difference between shares and equity? Shares are a form of equity. Okay. Shares are a form of equity. Equity, think more of equity as private, think more of shares as public. Now I'm gonna I'm giving you layman's terms here. Yes, go ahead. She got another question. Hold on, let me hold on, let, let me finish this. So right, because I want to keep everybody up. Am I making a sense? Yeah, okay. She she's she, she's glad I'm making it make sense. But you can still have equity in a publicly traded company. Okay. Equity is that on a whole, yes. Equity means that. Whoever has equity in whatever publicly traded company, when that company sells, they own a piece of the entire company. Therefore, if the company sells for a billion dollars and they have, let's just do easy math, 1% equity, what's 1% of a billion, Grace? She's on the minimum. You said a billion. 10 million. That means they automatically get $10 million cash, you understand? That's regardless of the stocks they have. So if they have 1% equity, plus they own stocks, then they will also get to either sell or keep those stocks as well. They're two different things, okay? Shares are people like Shaker and Law that own a piece of, or a share piece of the company, okay? It's the company being arbitrarily divided and you can own whole shares or, or, or pieces of shares. It depends on how you invest it. Let me get Nikki first in you, Deanna. Go ahead, Nikki. I know that's right. Is Nikki still there? Oh, oh there you go. Um, so what I was saying was is that, I'm sorry. So basically um what you were saying was that in the shares portion when you were saying that um oh god i lost my thought real quick so even though the company sells off or if um as the company holder decides to sell he still will have some some type of um connection with the company money wise right absolutely. when you do do the the share portions of it absolutely Absolutely. Okay. So let's take, so you're, let, let me say what you just said. I'm going to put it in your language with daycare because you've been a daycare, a I don't child own a daycare. Care. I don't own a daycare. Child care is what I do. Thank you. My bad. But <laughs> child care, right? So we'll, right. we'll speak that language. So you have a child care company and that child care company, it's $100,000. Uh -huh. Right. That's how much cash flow you're bringing in. Well, your right. child care company is not a $100,000 company. So no. now what we have to do is we have to put a multiplier on okay so if nikki wanted to sell her child care company she better uh -huh. not sell it for a hundred thousand dollars not at all because the moment i buy it i also get a hundred thousand dollars in cash flow right. you see okay. the problem the problem right. is for a hundred thousand dollars i'm getting my money back immediately 
okay. while that's a hundred percent return on investment, which is fantastic for me, it is terrible for the seller. Okay. So, so what, what, is, what is the look? What is the look of that? Um, of that hundred thousand dollar move. So it's called a multiplier. So what you have to okay. do is you have to know that every year that this person keeps this childcare company. Okay. Every year they get a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So she's going to put a supplier on that childcare company. She's going to say, well, I will sell it to you for the cash flow with a seven X multiplier. A okay. Four X multiplier. That means I'm going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I'm going to sell okay. it to you for a hundred thousand dollars times mm-hmm. four, which is $400,000. Okay. The reason she's doing this is because she's saying, I want, because if I stay here another four years, I'm going to get $400,000. Uh-huh. So you're going to buy from me this company plus the extra four years that I could have kept it. You giving me so that four so, years of my so, time. Okay, so when you... um. So basically, that's that's how you're consistently being able to flow, keep your flow with the company itself, instead of losing the value to the company all at once. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Because if you sell, you don't want to listen. Nothing. This is what. So this is. Thank you, Nikki. This is why I'm trying to break this down to y'all about this. Business don't make you rich. Mm Mm-hmm. Selling that time makes you rich. Right. I got. I made this a hundred thousand dollars. Nah. You want this company, you better pay $700,000. Is that a good bet? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I would probably do it for five, five X. That means in five years, this person gets a hundred percent return on investment. Okay. Cause they're what, also drawing interest. They're also drawing the interest off of it too, right? Well, yeah, the, the, yes. The interest is in this case is understood as the hundred thousand dollars. That's the mm-hmm. cash flow. So the interest would be, they can then go to the bank and get far more than that. So yes, you're absolutely correct. Okay. I'm just asking that question in that fashion because I know I have some people that that don't understand what you're saying. I get it clearly, but there are some people that's not understanding. So I'm just trying to make it plain as a five-year-old. I sure make it. I sure appreciate you because I don't always make it plain. Yeah, without a doubt. So y'all check me out. Unpopular fact. Business. What I'm doing for you right now is I'm prepping you for a billionaire to talk to you. Is that fair, Jerry? Is this, this one, this one I'm trying to do. Okay, because we're going to... The first thing I'm telling you is don't hold back. Give away all the information. He already knows what's up. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to prep you for some stuff. I'm also giving you... Actually, you would never learn this in the NBA. Maybe, maybe that multiplies stuff. But the NBA is... All that crap is garbage. Accounting is garbage. NBA is garbage. It's all garbage. It's, it's all garbage because it's all outdated. It's all garbage. Most of these people don't know anything about business. They know stuff about school. School is not business. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know anything about business until you lose in business. Straight up. Please know that Phil has been in business, Susan has been in business long enough to have had the conversation, babe, I don't know what we're going to do in 30 days. You understand what I'm saying? That's why they know business. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Phil. Well, if you're a male and I'm talking to you, I'm asking you, have you ever been kicked down into lower regions? And almost everybody says yes. 
I said, can you put that into words? And people go, no. If they're a woman, I ask, have you ever had a child? And they go, yeah. Can you put that into words? And they go, no. The same thing about owning your own business. Unless you've owned your own business, you can't put it into words what it's like to have it. Very well said. <laughs> no, that's all right. Go ahead, Susan. Yes, I'm just saying, if I would have known what you are saying now, when I was in my 20s, yep. when I was on Cape Cod, my uncle was the largest real estate agency in Falmouth, Mass, which is one of the biggest areas right next to Hyannisport, all these years from the early 60s through now. Um, and so he was trying to get me into his real estate. He had a real estate office that was kind of at the corner of where Hyannisport and Falmouth, the fork in the road. And then he had a big home that was the main real estate. But that fork in the road one is where Jackie O and Caroline Kennedy stopped asked if they could use the restroom instead of going to the filling station nearby. That's just a little side story. But the, the home that he had where it was multi-million dollar home, I lived in the top level. It was like five levels. I had a whole apartment that was beautiful on the top, but he tried, you know, and I'm working the, the job that I had, you know, going into work every day how could i do real estate i didn't i didn't listen to him hmm. and that's why the story is listen to this and no matter what oh, age, i'm listening myself now because it's never too late never never y'all heard susan because listen i am not where i'm at because i'm good at business I am where I'm at because every dollar that comes from business, I, reinf I reinvest it back into infrastructure to get bigger, more dollars. Then I take those bigger, more dollars and I put it in real estate. Everything I do is for real estate. Everything. Everything. Y'all got that? Go ahead, Nikki. Speaking oh, oh Susan, you want to say Come on, that's it, man. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nikki. So when you um, when you made the suggestion of the one when you made the statement about the one shares within the company, um, can you explain that out about shares? Somebody um, asked about shares. So can you explain yeah. about how you do division of shares and what does that mean for an individual who may have one share? within an organization? So basically, you hear a lot of times um, people saying like in childcare, I will give you um, a half a share or a share into the company. So can you explain that? Yeah, sure. So how you do shares is completely arbitrary. Arbitrary means this is what I feel like doing. Okay. This is, hey, I'm the man, boom, I'm the woman, this is what it is. Now that arbitrariness has a value assigned to it. Everybody got it? So now you get that value assigned to this arbitrary thing that you just did. In order to have shares, you have to then have the value of each share. 
Am I, did I lose anybody? Because each arbitrary division will have a value assigned to it. I guess it? you would, I guess really, um, if you can give the definition of a share, because I think that's where everyone is gotcha. really pretty much probably, probably more than likely lost. Okay, a share is, uh, give you a simple definition, a piece of the company that has money assigned to it, future money assigned to it should you sell. Okay, that's what that is. That is money in escrow. Escrow means set aside somewhere. There you go, everybody got it? So a share is future money should you sell. It could be you sell, or the company sell. And it's a lot of money, should the company do well or you leave, okay? It's a lot of money. Now, each individual share is assigned a value. Give you a great example of how Netflix started. You can find this in the book from the first CEO of Netflix, Mark something, find his name, find his name for me. And the name of the book is called, This Won't Work. Okay, this won't work, and it's at the beginning of the book. Reed Hastings, who is the CEO now, was the first shareholder, the investor. And what they did was they gave him $2 million worth of shares and then gave the other founder something like, I forget what it was, the exact numbers. It was half of that or a quarter of that or something, which made Reed the principal owner, but the other, you can share, no, share on your screen. And, and Mark Randolph, she just gave me the name, was the CEO. Just because you're the CEO don't mean you own most of the company. Help me somebody. Talk about that, sir. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bill Gates doesn't have to be the CEO of Microsoft anymore because he still owns most of the shares. Do you understand? All right. So that's the book right there that I'm quoting and getting this stuff from. You can stop it. I appreciate you. But CEOs still push you in a money position. A share, if I own most of the shares, I also have most of the control. Money equals control. Yes. Okay, so you actually came right back around to my, to my question. So it's better for me to... So shareholders can actually take control of a company. You never take control of mine or Mark Zuckerberg or anybody with common sense. Shareholders can take control of a company should they band together because shareholding is ownership of that company. Hold on. But a savvy CEO will own more shares than what can be owned against him or her. You understand? <laughs> okay, go ahead, Phil. Yeah, it's it's not really shares, it's really percentage. Absolutely. If you own 51% or more, you've got complete control. If you have them 49% or less, you've got no control. You just have to, hopefully everything works out. So it's the majority of the stock <laughs> that makes so, it, absolutely. the control comes from. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Yes, go ahead, Diana. Is that why a lot of companies do not become publicly traded for that reason? You know what? That used to be the case, but that's not the case no more. Y'all, we live in a we y'all live in a, a a candy world which nobody knows how to make money anymore. 
Now everybody's trying to go public. Everybody's going public without making a profit. Like literally what y'all know as business now, but the reason what makes ATS so profitable and why people keep flocking here, because I'm actually teaching you how to make money. There is no class on venture capitalism in here. I could teach it to you, but forget that because that's money that you, that's money in which you're also giving away control. And I'm the main person telling you control these six areas. I ain't never taught Steve to go get a loan and to go, no, you understand? Because most of the companies I look up to, to today, they've never recorded a single profit. That's why you didn't get your paycheck protection program because these companies got it because they ain't got no money. You understand? So basically what's happening now, and I, I tell you, it's been happening since about 99. Since, since, the, since, the, inter, since the internet bubble, that whole dot-com boom and burst of the bubble, it's still been happening there. Snapchat, never had a profit. Twitter, not a profitable company. Netflix is $25 billion in debt right now. All these Uber. companies that y'all love in it, Uber, never Amazon just started to turn a profit. <laughs> Amazon just started to turn a profit. Wow. Yeah. But, but would they be profitable if they wasn't benefiting from favorable tax laws? Probably not. Probably not. Amazon just did 18 trillion, not trillion. Yeah, I think it was true. No, billion, whatever. Without paying a, a dime in taxes, right? No, no disrespect to them. I'm just telling you what's going on. So you got a good question there, Deanna, because your question comes from a place of, yeah, should we go? Is this the way to make money? It is. But that money ain't guaranteed, y'all, okay? L listen to me. Listen to me very well. It's far better for y'all to focus on real cash flow. Because if you got real cash flow, then you can choose to go public if you feel like it, not because you have to. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because since we're not public and since I don't have no investors, I get to run this company the way I choose. I get to say, oh, we're going to take this money and we're hungry. Can't nobody argue with me on this. <laughs> you can't argue with me on this. We gonna, we're going to just randomly pay student loan debts. Oh, yeah, man, sure can. Yeah. You can't argue with me on that because I don't have a board to answer to. The moment I have a board to answer to, there's going to be some bean counter with my alpha-type personality that's going to say, well, you know, Antonio, that's a little bit too much. We should curtail those efforts. You know, maybe not give away 50% revenues. Maybe... Do you understand? Do you understand the logic of me giving away 50% of the revenue? Not profit, but the revenue. The revenue that would never happen in a publicly traded company or any company in which I have to answer to a board. So I want you to focus on something. Focus more on cash flow. Is VC okay? Yes. Am I speaking against this stuff? No. But I am telling you as a practical person, cash flow. Is freedom. Okay. Now, if you can figure out how to get all the VC money, get a big massive check, and then turn that massive check into cash flow, then congratulations. <laughs>
I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news it's a lot easier to do what i'm saying with a hundred million dollar check than to do what i'm saying from scratch so if you can figure out how to hurry and get a hundred million dollar check then go ahead because a hundred percent of nothing is nothing okay if you can figure out how to get 10 percent of your profit and it's a big profit then you can turn that 10% into a big cash flow. You'd be just fine. But if you can't figure that out, let's just go with cash flow freedom. Go ahead, Nikki. Okay, so you said a lot there. Can you um, explain what it is um, when you're talking about the uh, actual public trading, the, um, the going public trading? Yeah, no doubt. So this the, is good I, information. Thank you very and much. And I know somebody sitting there like, man, what are you talking about? So that's why I keep asking. Hey, Deanna just said, just tell her what you just said while Nikki was talking. I told him, I said, this is, this is a wonderful topic this morning because it's helping me out because I've always wanted to know the difference between, you know, going public or keeping your company a privately owned company, but also mm-hmm. under wanting to understand shares and, um, equity and things like that because in business you want to know these things if if we're if we're coaching and helping I, I want to be able to somebody say well hey you know should I should I sell my company and if I sell my company or you know should I get should I give the, this many shares away now I knew the whole 49 51 percent thing that right. that just makes that just makes sense yeah <laughs> but all yeah. the extra I didn't know that. So I'm grateful for this, this lesson this morning because I learned something new every day from Antonio. I tell you. Right. So thank you. No yeah, doubt. So Nikki, let me repeat real quick. I want to make sure I got your question because it was a fantastic one. You want me to explain the yeah. process of selling shares and stocks. Well, just basically, basically um, I guess we'll do it a two-part question. Cool. What is actually shares public Yep. and private and then okay. what is actually trading with shares okay no doubt there's and there's, no... there's a book there's a book that i learned this from um shares for dummies okay sweet. Good book. okay Good stuff. Good book. Didn't, know didn't know that Shares for dummies didn't, didn't, didn't know that the truth is there's and no trading difference for between, dummies too i didn't know that good see i shares for dummies and trading for dummy truth is there's no difference between shares private or public there's still shares okay there's no difference Public allows you to get more people to buy pieces of your company, which gives you more money. It's easier to get richer from 100 million people than 
200 employees. Yeah, you see the difference? Mm -hmm. A credit union is a bank in which the, the employees have shares. We're just going to use this example. Like, that's 200 people. And they've, they, they kind of own that thing. That's why it works a little different. But then they use the public to then bring all the money in. <laughs> and that's it, kind of like public share. That's, that's a good example, but it's not, it's not what I'm, I'm actually inflating the truth here, but I'm showing you an illustration. I'm showing you the difference between private and public. 200 employees saying, all right, now hold Galveston County, bring us all your money. That's the difference between public Galveston County and the 200 employees, actually it'll probably be 20 employees who started the bank or something like that. Get it? But the shares are still the same. Public or private, shares are shares. Now, Nikki had a fantastic second question, nuance in there, that I'm about to, to knock the meat off the bones of this question. Money doesn't exist. Not the meat off, sir. Not the meat off. <laughs> Money doesn't exist. So the moment that Phil says, I have this many shares, and there it is. There it is. That's what Phil has. On paper, Phil is a millionaire. Y'all understand? Mm -hmm. Now, what Phil has to do is either trust himself or me or somebody to then make that million dollars real. This is the hard part. This is the hard part. The truth is, y'all, no one knows how to make money anymore. What they're doing is they are, there's a, there's a culture that has spread across us for quite some time. And what we've learned how to do is use people or labor forces to bring in money. That's not making money. That's a good way to make money if you're in control, but that's not actually making money. Making money is opening up your private meetings public and then teaching sugar how to actually make money. And then <laughs> learning business, sales, marketing, and then actually having cash flow that flows into your bit. You, I don't know if y'all know, but there's not an hour in the ATS company that there's not a check coming in. There's not an hour of a day that we have not got an email of some money coming in. That's making money. Okay. Now, thank you, Nikki. The reason why, well, let me, let me finish this here. So basically I can say, here's a million dollars, Phil, and it will be. But now what I have to do is either sell the company to a point to where when the cash comes in, I divide his shares and it equals a million. Actually, no, there's, there's no other way. That's the way. Like, like that's the way. Okay. Uh, shit, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. I, all right, just want to make sure I ain't breaking my headphones. That's pretty, that's pretty much the way. If, I, if I'm going public, I have to either, I really got to sell. It's like that's, that's really, what I have to do is get an infusion of cash so big that all those shares, those promised shares can be cashed out. That's basically what has to happen. Whether I sell or get an investor and, or this is what happens all the time. The most common way is a round of funding. You hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. In order for Phil's money to actually be money, I have to go do a round of funding. Have y'all heard that? We got A round, B round, first yeah. round. I got to do a mm -hmm. round of funding. And once that funding comes in, 
Now I've got cash. And I use that cash as operational expenses. And part of the operational expenses is to say, okay, here's your shares that you want to cash out. I've got that, you know, I've got that uh, earmarked to do this. Plus I could run the company plus this, 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 and that, which is good because cash is a good reserve. Cash works in two ways. Y'all write this down. This cash only has two purposes, only two purposes. It is a medium of exchange, number one, and a storehouse of wealth, number two. It's the only two things cash does. It doesn't do anything else. It's a storehouse of wealth. It does sound good, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds like it should be in, it's so, so it be in, be in the Quran or something. It's a storehouse of wealth. <laughs> no, but that's the, only, that's the only two things that cash does as far as universal in this world. Okay, go ahead, Phil, then Sugar, then Nikki. Another good thing about cash is it's accepted at so many places. <laughs> Ain't that the okay. truth. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. And Especially, then, yeah, and then the, the challenge, once you go public, what makes the stock go up any day is more people want to buy it than want to sell it. What makes it go down any day is more people want to sell it than want to buy it. That's it. There is no other reason why a stock goes up or down. So when you go public, you're putting yourself at risk of <laughs> law of supply and demand. Absolutely. And so many different. The president can affect your stock. I can make a, Elon Musk smoked weed on the Joe Rogan podcast, which actually was fantastic, by the way. But anyway, and the next day, the stock dropped 9% which equal $4.3 billion. Wow. See, I ain't got time for that now. Yeah. Now, now I, I, I'm not a smoker, I'm a drinker. But if I choose to smoke, don't with my money. This is why I ain't, I'm just trying to make some sense to some of y'all. Like, let me have my habits without messing up my employees. That makes sense. You ain't gotta like it, but that makes some plain old sense. I want to drink my little yak, get into my little car accident or whatever, you know what I'm saying, whatever, without saying, sorry, Phil, your, your stocks are, they're bankrupt now. That's what Phil is talking about, that whole supply and demand. Because I could do something that scares everybody, and now more people want to sell than buy. And, and what, does, what does that do for Phil? His stock go down, just as simple as that. All right, sugar. Then Nikki. you kind of touched on what I was going to ask. So, if you've made all of these investments in and the stocks, and the company goes bankrupt, then all that money that you've invested in that company is wiped out, is gone. You can't retrieve any of it. Or is there a safety catch in there, some kind of way? I've taken all my my social security. I've taken all the stuff I have. In my accounts and my savings, and I've put it all into this, and then you belly up, say, two years later. Okay, you have a super fantastic question that has many answers. I know that's right. It has many answers that I have to give you. They're all one answer, but they're, they're, I'm going deeper each time I answer. For one, if you are a person of color and you go and you get money, you better keep it. Because they ain't letting you get it again. Let me just go ahead and keep it real with y'all, okay? They ain't letting you get it again. So you better keep it. Amen. Now, 
I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Now, if you're not a person of color, and you can go bankrupt three, four, five times. But you all ain't never seen someone as chocolatey as me went bankrupt three, four, five times. Not at all. Okay, let's just keep it real now. Let's, let's account for the system. That's number one. That's part of your question because you brought up the bankrupt first. The second part of your question is, bankrupt is actually a good thing if I'm buying. Yes. I actually want to buy your bankrupt company. I'm doing that now. As a matter of fact, I damn near pray for economic disruptions <laughs> because instead of buying your company for a whole dollar, I buy it for 10 cents. You understand? Okay, <laughs> she over there excited. So now what you see, Sugar, is your company, my money is minuscule in your company until the economic correction happens and then my dime becomes $50. I can't even tell you the return on investment that way because I can't do the math on it. It's too much. But basically, somebody asks about if you put a dollar in the stock. If I had $1 in Apple and 80 something, that $1 would probably be $150,000 today from $1. So you see the power in bankruptcy. Now, from the employee side or the investor side, what she was saying, what she was saying, I'm an employee and I invested. I'm a, you know, I'm a small person and invested. If the company goes bankrupt, I'm at to draw this now, okay? If you're, if you're on the thing, if you're on audio, I'm gonna explain it. We're gonna, here is the, we're gonna have this line here. This is the break even line is what we're gonna call that, okay? There's no such thing as break even in the real world, but we're gonna deal with it for right now. This is the break even line. Sugar gives me, she buys a stock for $9 a share. Now, today, it drops to, she said bankrupt. Zero ain't bankrupt, that is bankrupt, we're gonna go, I'm losing money. I'm at negative $2 a share. Sugar is going to panic, obviously, because she's going to see negative $2 loss. It's going to, and, and of course, when she goes into her, her little system, Jerry, it's going to be red as hell. Right? It's going to be like, you know how they do the little graphics? It's going to be super red and bolded. And she's going to go, oh my God, right? And all that stuff. However, Sugar, that doesn't mean and this is the last part of your question. That doesn't mean that you're in a bad position because if you know the company or the CEO, whatever, or it's a correction, it's a disruption or correction or economic correction, whatever, whatever them is so many different circumstances. If you know that one day this stock will get to $17 and please know that will happen. Actually, let me give you a real example. This stock is going to start off at nine. It's gonna, excuse me, it's gonna start off at 17. In 30 days, it's, 60 days, it's gonna drop to nine. Everyone's gonna talk about, say, this isn't gonna work. And all of a sudden, now that stock is something like 150, okay? Now, let me pause real quick, because it seemed like I threw out some arbitrary numbers. Let me show you something real quick, because I actually just described something. How much is a Facebook share worth today? $274. Thank you very much. Face, 
$274 a share, that's pretty good. Fake, oh, wrong one. Pay very close attention here, sugar. Facebook started off around $17, IPO, that's independent public offering. And then in about 60 days, they dropped to $9. Initial, said, okay, initial, initial public thank offering. You, thank you, thank you, initial public offering, thank you. Then they dropped down to $9. And then they had some little bad times. But guess what? Today is $274. So that means that your $9, even though you lost at first, now your $9, how many times? 20, 274. How many times nine going to 274, Grace? Not about 30 sometimes. That means for every $1 you got, for, for every $9 you put in there, you get an extra 30. So if you bought 900 shares, that's 900 times 30 is what your money is now worth. 27,000. You get it, sugar? I know that was difficult. That was a lot in one take. I do apologize, but I'm, you know I got like 15 minutes left. And I'm also teaching you a master's degree in an hour. So, <laughs> so, can, can I add something, Antonio? Yeah, yeah, please, man. Um, especially for baby boomers like sugar, if you're doing any type of investment, I would advise that uh, from my past experience, you do what's called a uh, partner reference. It's almost like a character reference on the partner and the people that you're investing in. Not necessarily the company, but the people actually running the company, the people that's Facts. holding the steering wheel. And also, you don't want to... Uh, invest all of everything, especially being a minority. And number one, no, if you're investing $10, you need to have at least $90 put away. So that when you go through the roller coaster, every business has a, a, a roller coaster ride. When you go through the roller coaster ride, you're not basically waiting for that to go up in order to feed yourself because that's a bad situation. So if you have the ability to, wait or just wait for the next one there's always a next one if you don't have the money wait for the next one and on the next when the next train comes you get on the one that's for you once you've done the due diligence on the train that's coming um as far as shares a lot of the companies even good companies i know i've i've had i have sweat equity in a company now who's run by people who just are learning the game too and eventually they're going to be merged in that's why i got the equity in now but you want to, it's basically the company is, is good and the shares are good, but it's the people that's running the company, Big which sense. is going to actually dictate the boom or the bust. Because most companies, especially minority companies, 65, 70% of them are only face value. When I was shopping for the liquor business, I, a lot of people were telling me it's a monopolized business and the only thing you're going to get is the face on the cereal box. In other words, if you want to be a black owner, you can be the black owner on face, but we're going to own it. Uh, you can be smart in about those type of situations like Puffy did with the, with the uh, Diageo brothers, a bunch of guys, you know, local mid-level organized crime that had some Burger Kings and some things, and they started that uh, Ciroc Vodka in 2008, and they paid him, they paid him $10 million or $12 million to then take on, and I met with these guys, they paid him $10, $10 or $12 million to be the face. And Puffy was smart enough to take his brand and turn it into a multi, multi, multi million dollar company 
and then say, okay, on the next deal, now we're going to be partners. So now I own it. So I went from the face of the cereal box to the actual owning the actual box. And so when I say shares of the company, don't look just for the face, find out who's actually running the company yep. before you invest. Another way, to, an, another way to say this, you bet the jockey, not the horse. There you go. There it is. There it is. I, and, and, is and, and, that, and, that, and that goes for minority companies too. I have a, a cognac liquor who's run by a street yep. dude who's trying to transition into business and he has good industry values, but bad business values. So eventually, you know, we had to put different people in and that's why I took the sweat equity in the, in the company because I know that for the company to get to where it needs to go, it has to merge on. And exactly. when it merges on, most likely if you have street sense and no business sense, they're going to steal the whole table right from under you with a smile and leave you with a car, you know, dancing down the block because you got a car. That's usually how the business goes. So I, I was smart enough to take equity share within the company because of all the work that I put in and know that you got to put the right people in place. But for baby boomers, please do not invest your last. Social security is broke. The FBIC is broke. So if you got $90, put 10 in and make that, turn that 10 back into another 90, but don't put the whole 90 on the horse because you got to survive with that. That's right. That's right. And it's Thank also you. why I keep telling baby boomers to invest in sales funnels. I'm, I have to be the only person out here saying that. I haven't heard anybody else say that because sales funnels are something you can buy for $90 low investment. And then you can learn enough, just enough to get attached to somebody with a hot product. And for $90, you can start getting back $90 a day. You see what I just did? Low risk, high reward. If you put that sales funnel in the flow of a hot product. It's, I, I, I haven't heard anybody else say that, but I've been screaming it to baby boomers as much as possible. That is what I would do should I be you. Justin and Phil brought up a fantastic point. It's why I, I invested in Lenita. It was not her charter. So I didn't give a damn about her vision because that don't make no sense. I said, send me the business plan. Before I got home, she had the business plan to me. The business plan was well thought out. That was impressive, but that ain't why I invested. I sat with her for an hour-ish or so. Okay, I see you, sugar. I've, I've invested with her for an hour-ish or so. And I looked at her. I looked at her husband. Don't get, because let me tell you something. If you were a negative spouse, I ain't investing in you. Shit. You're crazy. Oh. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> because I'm also in, I am literally sleeping with your spouse just like you if I give you my money. I wish I had somebody right around here, Patricia. Like, I need somebody That's right here. If I give you my money, me and your spouse, we go together too, and your spouse going to play with my money if they demotivate me. We go me. together. <laughs> you want to go ahead, Chris? <laughs> Now you got me over here talking because for the longest, I've seen videos about this too. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, good. So like for the longest, I've been seeing videos and reading about that and then just hearing you saying that as a confirmation. But for the longest, I felt like your circle, or like basically any person or even in the workfare um, position uh, impacts uh, your money long-term and short-term. So if you're around someone who's constantly negative or 
uh, bringing calm down, any kind of ideas and things like that, there goes your bank account. If you're around someone who constantly uplifts you and things like that, there goes up your uh, bank account. But I think it's just so hard for people to disconnect um, because they feel like, uh, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. They feel like this, that's the one when our bank account is suffering. <laughs> You're absolutely right. This is why most Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> don't pay bills. Yeah. People like me, Mark Zuckerberg, we're, we're very rare. Most people wouldn't invest in someone with one owner or one CEO. Typically, you like partners. You typically like partners because your weakness is staffed out. You risk. I want to de-risk my investment, basically. I want to give money but have as little risk as possible. Investing in Pam Norris because because these CEOs would do anything it takes. Pam Norris already got more than two million dollars invested in her own business with her own money. You, do you when you got two million dollars in your own business, you're not to let that business fail. No. That means she needs to make two million dollars and one dollar just to make a dollar profit. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> and think and grow rich. Thirty major causes of failure. Number 17, wrong selection of a maid in marriage. This is the most common cause of failure. The relationship of marriage brings people intimately into contact. Unless the relationship is harmonious, failure is likely to follow. Moreover, it'll be the form of failure that is marked by misery and unhappiness to strain all signs of ambition. Perfect way to land this plane. Okay, Harold Hell, you let Lenita know I said it myself. Harold Hell made me say, all right, this Lenita lady, she might be all right, okay? And then everybody just loves Lenita and she's got, you know, a bunch of stuff. I invested in those people, not the school, okay? Not the school. Deanna, ask me this question you sent me to me properly. All right, so Ms. Patricia asks, uh-oh, hit the wrong button. Ms. Patricia asks, if a company goes belly up, isn't there a hierarchy as to who gets money first, i.e. stock, bonds, et cetera? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you call that, first off, some people are like, I'm always, I'm first money in, first money out. You understand? <laughs> At all times, okay. I'm, that's a, that, that's a, yeah, that, that's a strategic exit, contingency plan, all of them. I'm first money in, first money out. I'm the, I'm the number one lien holder. I'm your bank, you understand? I'm first, so that means before anybody, before you get paid, I'm getting paid. Go ahead, Phil. You really, you really want to be last money in, first money out. That's true, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very true. That's, that's very true. Definitely. Because, you know, I want y'all to fail. And then, oh, I put my money in. It's a good investment. Give me my money back first. Then, of course, and that's your principal, your biggest investors and stuff. Then all your shareholders will get money before you will, too, should you have done that, because they almost because they have put money in but every investment comes with a risk you can lose you can lose you absolutely can lose the ceo will get their money and all that top staff and then the employees first employees are typically treated like ceos because they typically and you typically give grace and and diana the crazy people who followed you equity you understand? Because you can do that. And then you get Phil and Susan. If you don't give them equity, you give them a golden parachute. Please know Phil and Susan have a golden parachute. I hope you're jealous. Be more like Phil and Susan. Okay? <laughs> All right. I just need you to get that. Go ahead, sir. 
people that were on the call last night, would you suggest the people that weren't on the call last night listen to the call because it brought a lot of value? Absolutely. Sure will. All right, then. So what we'll do is, once I listen to the call, but also we're going to upload it and send you the link to the Bureau. Okay, I want them to go to the Go to go to think if it and watch it. But we'll send all y'all the actual link to the class so you can watch it. All right, everybody. In four minutes, my good friend, does everybody have the link? Yes. Everybody in front of me, do you have the link? Who does not have the link? If you don't have the link, speak now. Who doesn't? I don't have it. I may have it, but I don't know where to find it. Well, fair enough. It's the it's it's the it's the Tuesday call link. It's the it's the it's the Tuesday call. Can you guys make sure that Adrian gets one too, please? All right, so let's get right now. Right now, as we're talking, right now, <laughs> right now, Adrian, Phil, I almost said Jimmy, Justin. I don't know where Jimmy came from, bro. Okay, <laughs> Justin, like right now, send, send it to him. Okay. We're going to give it to you right now. And all I'm doing is doing an introduction and I'm shutting my mouth. Okay, Charmone said send it to her too. We're going to put it in the community group too. Whatever, if y'all in that group, look for the group. It's going to be easy to send it to the group, but we'll send it to, all right, she said she just got Adrian. Somebody get our shield. All right. So you die in the group. There you go. Last thing, do not be humble on this call. It ain't too many times. It's Tuesday and Friday. Don't be humble. Get your money. Take your notes. God is blessing you. Okay. The man had an oil company at 26 years old. I do $2.5 million deals. He do $250 million deals. That's why I ain't talking. I know when to shut up. Okay? <laughs> this is the time. But right now, God has sent $2 billion to you to help you out. So don't be humble. Don't be sleepy. Don't multitask. And put Facebook down. Because you know Facebook is going to distract you because that's its job. Right? All right. Tony O.T. Smith Jr., you can't play better. You can dominate. Love everybody. We're sending this information to you right now. We're jumping on. Y'all have a good one. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic, $22 an hour with paid training, and I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well, 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. 
So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder <laughs> that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.